Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 84 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. How are you? Can you believe we are in February? Love it. Uh, I don't know about any of you this year, but this year has just kicked off with an absolute vengeance. I mean, we've done the Your Year series. I've got clients contacting me, just killing it in terms of their results. They're doing such a great job. Uh, And I think the thing I'm proudest of most with my clients is that they are leaning on me for help. You know, they're putting their hand up and they're like, I don't understand this. Can you help me sort this out? Or I'm feeling these things and I'm not sure how I'm you know, interpreting these feelings and we can talk through it and we can, you know, uncover all of these things instead of sitting in our heads the way we do a lot of the time and we question things or, you know, we distract ourselves with the busyness of life uh, because that's what we're taught to do and that's the pattern that we follow. Uh, whereas instead, you know, taking notice of how you're feeling about certain things, the thoughts that you're having around them, the connection between what you're thinking and how you're feeling uh, and just paying more attention to that to get a better result. So super proud of of my clients, the work they're doing uh, and also really proud of you. Your results from the Your Year series has just been awesome. It has been so wonderful over the past few weeks hearing the questions and the feedback and it's just been really lovely to feel engaged by you in the process. So absolutely hats off. Uh, to any of you and all of you who have completed that. It's just amazing. And I hope that you're finding it really rewarding and you're able to go back to those episodes and, you know, re-listen to things if something wasn't clear or you might not have done it, you know, in succession. And yeah, just keep going is all I'll say. We all get to where we want to be in our own time. So keep going, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job. um, And I'm just, I feel really honored. I feel really honored to have been somebody that you've been able to listen to and rely on and yeah, to make improvements to your life. It's why I'm here. It's what I want to do. It's why I want to help. So go you. Well done. We took our kids um, in a ski boat recently. It was last weekend and it was absolutely awesome. And skiing is something I've grown up doing. Um, When I was a child, we lived on a lake and we did it every summer, all summer. And so it's one of my favorite pastimes. And as a Christmas present, my parents hired a boat um, for a few hours. His name's John. He's with Taswake. He's just absolutely a gem. His family is divine. Uh, And we got the chance to take the kids out. So my two and a half year old, four and a half year old on the lake. Um, that I grew up on. And it was really, really special, very nostalgic. I did get a bit emotional. (laughs) It was lovely. It was really great. And I think I'd forgotten how much enjoyment I got out of doing something like that. And I was really nervous. So growing up on that lake, I know it really well. I know how smooth and calm that water is first thing in the morning and right before dark in the evening. And I know when that lake was really, really choppy because it was really windy. You know, when I was little, we wouldn't go because it wasn't, you know, it's not super warm in Tassie. And if you're out there in the wind, you know, it can make things a little bit awkward, a little bit miserable. 
And because we were so lucky to live on the lake, we had access to it all the time. So we skied really frequently. We didn't need to go when the weather was, you know, not great. Um, just to sound, yeah, <laughs> very first world problems about it, right? Um, so we were really, really fortunate. And to book this weekend with the kids, you know, last weekend, we had to book a particular weekend because the boat, you know, was hired through a friend of my brother's. Um, my brother was a national wakeboard champ. He was um, absolutely and is amazing <laughs> at any kind of boarding stuff. But he was back down in Tassie from the Gold Coast. And so it was going to be this really like big family thing where my parents were going to be there, my brother, my kids, and obviously Damien. Um, and anyway, we woke up preparing to go and it was really windy. And it was really cloudy, like lots of dark grey clouds. And it was quite cold for a January day. And I had all of these negative thoughts like coming from my entitled teenage self where, you know, we could go when the weather was awesome so we didn't need to go when it was crappy. And I just remember thinking things like, oh, I wish we could postpone or I don't really want to go in that lake in the cold water or oh, do we really have to do this today? And, you know, all those sorts of things. My brother was here, but he couldn't come for very long. So he didn't get in the water. So it was just mentally, it was a bit of a challenging start. And I just had this moment where I was like, oh, come on, pull yourself together. And I think underlying all of this was just me being really nervous. So while it's a pastime that I love, I wasn't actually sure I could still do it. And I also had mixed emotional memories about it. Because it was a really difficult thing for me to learn how to do when I was young. Some people take to athletic and physical stuff really easily. I wasn't one of those people. I'm not very naturally athletic. I really battled to learn how to coordinate everything and use my strength and my balance uh, and then learn to trust myself to do it. And I remember it being really, really hard. It, it, was valuable in the way that it taught me to overcome a lot of things, but it was also a really big challenge. And I also remember days on the lake with my family and friends and my cousins and all sorts of, of community that we had back then. And we just had so much fun. So yeah, it was really hard and it was so worth it. And thanks to having that experience, you know, growing up where I did it and did it, I was able to do it like, you know, that saying like riding a bike. You'll remember how to do it no matter how long it's been since you've done it. And that was exactly how I felt. And thanks to that day with my kids, you know, they actually got in the boat. They got behind the boat in a biscuit. They actually swam in the lake and they didn't get upset. You know, like I said, my daughter absolutely loved it. She's two and a half, you know, and now that I've seen that they enjoyed it and it's about exposure. I can see us doing it a lot more often because not only is it really great quality family time, so it meets a lot of my needs in terms of quality time together, doing an activity, you know, and it doesn't need to be stressful or opportunistic or pushy or, you know, this ongoing commitment that I have to stick to very uh, frequently. You know, it can just be ad hoc and it can be calm and enjoyable and steady. But on top of all of that, it's an activity that's really physically healthy and good for us. It gets us outside in nature, which is always a really humbling experience. And as I mentioned, it helps us overcome those personal hurdles because sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone to do physical things like that. 
even if we don't know how to do it. Sometimes it just grounds us back into realizing what we're capable of. It gives us some adversity to overcome, which reminds us of who we are and who we can be and what we're capable of. And that we can overcome things and it is worth it on the other side. I've also found on days when I'm feeling sluggish or I'm lacking energy or you know, I'm mentally struggling a little bit, which, you know, we all do. We're all 50-50. We're all human, just to quote Brooke Castillo on her 50-50 thing. I'm not calm or focused on days when I'm feeling sluggish. And those are the days I specifically need to do something physical. I need to get my body moving because my body moving has such a great impact on my mind and on my headspace. It distracts me and it gives me a different perspective opposed to when I'm just sitting heavy and weighted in my own thoughts and cycling around my own head. So what do you love to do that's physical? You know, that might be mountain bike riding, rock climbing, water skiing, snow skiing, playing tennis, dancing, skateboarding, yoga. It might be unorganized. It might be really organized and a commitment that you have to keep going to like little athletics or something like that. It might be something simple, like as simple as gardening or golf or bowls. But having something physical to do, I believe, is such an important part of quality of life and existence. It helps your energy. It helps your mentality. It helps your spirit and your soul. Often, when we do things like that as well, we do it with other people. So it gives us that feeling of connection to others in a way of shared experiences and commonality. And that means instead of focusing on things that bind us to others, which can be food or drink or drama or work-related stuff or adversity we might be experiencing in any of those areas, you know, things that don't necessarily help us on multiple levels as a human, then we can find our connection in a really, really healthy way instead through something that's out in nature, that's very physical and that, you know, when we're good at, we can actually help others with as well and we can expose others and we can help them with it as well. And the most important thing to realize about these activities is that you do not have to be good at it. You do not have to be a natural. You don't have to be athletic or the best. Sometimes it's just about having a go. It's just about trying. It's about thinking, I never thought I'd do that. So, okay, I'm going to go and try and do that. I remember years ago uh, watching triathlons on television, the Ironman, Kellogg's Ironman. And I remember looking at it thinking, I'm never going to do that. Like there was not a single part of me that had any desire whatsoever to do a triathlon. I mean, alone the thought of like ocean swimming, no thanks. Like the salt in your eyes or your mouth, like and just in the waves, no, just no. And then to get out of the swim and put your shoes on when your feet are all sandy, again, like no, ew, like <laughs> no. <laughs> and then right before I had kids, so I would have been, oh, 29 or 30, I did a mini triathlon. And it wasn't massive distances, like it wasn't your full, oh, I don't even know how long the swim is in a proper triathlon, but it's something like a 110k bike ride or an 80 kilometer bike ride and a 5k run or something like that, you know, big, whereas mine was, it was little, it was much smaller than that. 
but it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I don't know why I even thought I'd sign up for it. Um, I think other than to discount the fact that I said I would never do it. And I'm like, you know, that internal dialogue part of me going, really? You're not going to do that? And the other part of me going, well, let's have a crack. Let's just see. See if you can. Come on. And sort of challenges me. It's this really kind of funny internal dialogue thing that I have, have going on. And what I love about that is that when there is something that has never interested you, like ever, that's when I think you get the most surprises and you get the biggest lessons. Like I was a bit bored with my training. I was in the gym and I was doing gym classes, but I was a bit bored. I was doing some boxing stuff and some ab classes and some like weightlifting and things in the gym, which I love and I've always loved that kind of workout. But I was just a bit flat and I just thought, well, let's do that. And I did. Signed up for it. And the way that it changed my motivation around my training was huge because the last thing that I wanted was to show up on the day of this triathlon and go, oh, I can't do this. Like, I actually have to stop. And in my mind, that's what I thought would happen. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And so I had to sign up to a local swim center to practice the swimming. And I had to get a bike from a friend that was way too big for me, but it was a road bike that I could race with. And then I had to run again. And while I shouldn't, because my knee is not good at all, but it just gave me this new motivation to train. It gave me a deadline to to train too, because there was, you know, the, the triathlon's happening on this date. So all of the trainings that I'd scheduled in that preceded that, you know, it wasn't a, oh, I can't be bothered, so I'm not going to. It was like, well, you, your training day is that day. And so it was just amazing the way that it flicked my motivation to exercise and and the different ways that I exercise. And on a weekend, instead of going out drinking, I was up in the morning and I was going for a swim and then I was doing a bike ride and then I was doing a run and timing myself just to make sure that I could actually do it. And so when it came to race day, I was prepared. I'd done the work in the lead up to that race. And then I remember we went, and Damien and I saw a movie and that movie was just, it was great. I don't even remember what the movie was, but it was just such an awesome way to chill out. And I felt like I had earned it. I really, you know, it didn't matter that it was a beautiful day and I was sitting in a movie theater because I had done a triathlon, like a mini one. It was just, it was great. And so if there's something you're thinking, oh, I haven't you know, ever really thought about doing that or there is nothing about that thing that appeals to me, I implore you to consider it. Consider it and think, well, what if I did? What if I did? What if I signed up for that tough mutter? What if I signed up for that triathlon or that mountain bike trail or, you know, have a think about it and the, have a look at the impact that it has on your mind. And remember, you do not have to be good at it. You don't have to be a natural at it. You make of it what you want to make of it. This is you racing against yourself or you challenging yourself. It's about nothing more than that. Okay. It took me a long time. And I mean, until adulthood to realize that everything I did when I was little and you know, I was given a lot of opportunities to try a lot of different things in my childhood and my teenage years, but it always was competitive and I had to be excellent at it. Nobody put, 
you know, put that on me, but I constantly felt the need to beat other people and to beat everybody else and excel at whatever it was that I did. I had to be really trying and really making an effort to be better and better and better. Now I'm older, I realize that there are things I'm never going to be good at. And there are things that I choose to do in my life that I want to be excellent at. And it's a really great lesson because there might be things in my life, like my podcasting, like my coaching, like my management consulting work, I want to be excellent at that. I want to be really, really sharp and really good at that. And it keeps me studying and it keeps me going and it keeps driving me to be better and better and better, to serve others, to serve my clients, to, you know, to really make a name for myself and keep myself reputable. But there are other skills that I'm never going to be good at. I'm never going to be a professional dancer, ever. <laughs> I'm never going to be a professional weightlifter or I'm never going to go and actually sign up for a boxing match. Well, no, no, I'm not going to, <laughs> right? But if I can just enjoy it and find the enjoyment in it and it keeps me going back to it, then that is a really healthy exercise to do. It's a really healthy for my physicality, for my mind, for everything to go and do that. This for you could be chess. It could be flipping cards. It could be property investing. You know, again, things that we strive and when, you know, when it comes to money specifically, like, yeah, we want to be good at it, right? We don't want to waste things. But there are things in life we should just do for fun, not to be better, not to be competitive, not to be pushing our boundaries, but purely for the love and the joy of it. Fitness or your ability to do something isn't black and white. It's not you are or you're not fit, strong, good at. It's something you can always work on being better at and improve on, but you can do it at your own pace, no matter what age you are. And you may, to a degree, lose a level or two that you get to, you know, once you've achieved it. You might be able to, you know, beat somebody at chess and play really, really well and then not do it for a few years and come back and find you're a little bit rusty. And that's okay. Fitness is the same. You get really, really fit. You get to a place where you're happy and then you go on a holiday, you come back and you're like, oh my, wow, why did I try so hard (laughs) when it's that easy to lose, right? That's what I find with fitness anyway. But it's not thinking of it as an all or nothing, a black or a white. Thinking of it like that can be really damaging and pressurizing to things you may get pure, healthy, unadulterated enjoyment from. And that would be such a shame. It's the fear of judgment from others usually in our attempt to learn or try something new that often holds us back from doing it. We don't want to look or feel silly when we're attempting to learn or try something new and that stops us. But when you are confident enough in yourself and when you are self-assured enough and you know the reasons that you're doing something for, then you can put that aside and then you can accept support where it's given. You can ignore opinions that may not be very kind and then you give yourself a chance to do something that may be incredibly valuable for you. And by establishing that standard for yourself, you allow others around you to do the same. So what do you do that's physical? Or was there something in your childhood that you did and loved to do that you may not have done in a really long time? How can you schedule or find more space to do those things? Because it is just about you doing it and loving it. Go and do your thing and pay attention to all of the goodness that doing that thing gives you. I'll see you next week. 
you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have a listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.